there's a, a, a huge study done on purpose-driven brands mm-hmm. and purpose-driven brands actually make more money, like nice. four to five times more. Wow. If, if your audience is aware of your purpose. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Debbie. Debbie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So give us a highlight of who you are and what you love to do for business. I'm Debbie White. Um, I love helping women entrepreneurs uh, light up their marketing um, from a place, what I call brand first or soul first from within. And uh, yeah, really becoming who they're meant to be and doing that with marketing. I love it. So how did you get into women branding as a thing? How did I get into it? Well, I actually have been in the marketing space. I was in corporate. uh, I've had many different of my own businesses, but I was in corporate marketing, that world, creating marketing for Fortune 500 brands for three decades. And how fun was that? Yeah. Yeah. I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Got to like, you know, write ads for and art direct ads for like Starbucks and all kinds of big brands and stuff. And I had my own ad agency. And then, uh, in the last three years, um, I've reinvented myself over and over again. Cause I, I do that. I decided, you know, my passion is really supporting, uh, women business owners. And I want to show them that there's an easier way, a sustainable way to really you know, whatever happens with social media, like I really start with the foundations of its brand strategy, but you can call it marketing. And (laughs) uh, yeah, it's been great. I've been doing, uh, having this business now for three years and it's been, it's been wonderful. I love it. So you touched on kind of social media, the foundations. Um, What do you mean by that in your lingo and where should somebody start when they're looking at, at their personal branding? Yeah. Well, this is where I start every single person that I work with. And it's honestly started, you know, back in the day when I was working with these major brands, whether it was Starbucks or Nordstrom or whatever, you know, Dignity Memorial, we always start with a strategy, you know, you can call it a marketing strategy, but you know, I would, I was on the creative team. So we would come up with the creative, Well, we can't start any project without this thing called a creative brief. And it's really, you know, it's, I've taken that and, and really developed this whole system because I actually like to start from a place of purpose first, but it's, what is your purpose? And then classic marketing foundations, who is your target audience? Um, I add things in, like I call it your X factor. What is, what's unique about what you do and how you do it? Because everyone has this. And how do we pull that all together and position your brand? Because I want people to actually own and maybe even create their own lane. And it allows us to be more fully ourselves, which, you know, when we have that, that strategy, that structure, we can actually loosen up and really be who we're meant to be. Nice. I love it. So even with companies, if my understanding of what you just said is right, that even a company like Starbucks, they have a personality. Well, oh yeah. Or if you want to call it a culture or an expectation, you go in and you want a, a certain look and feel 
when you go into any Starbucks. And I'm assuming the same thing is going to happen with a personal branding is Mm -hmm. that when I come across your opt-ins or your courses or your anything, that there's going to be a certain look and feel. And I'm going to expect to have, you know, in this case, I want Debbie and I want the experience of Debbie. So I'm going to get Debbie. Or if you're taking my stuff, you want the experience of Michelle and you're going to get Michelle. Am I on track? You're on track. But I want to say this when I, and I almost cautioned to even ever use the word brand because most people think, oh, it's a look and feel. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the lipstick. That's the final touch the way I approach it. And, you know, that's why I sometimes use the word marketing strategy, knowing that, you know, if you want to go and, you know, ask, you know, Google or Jasper chat GPT about (laughs) brand strategy, it's really the heart and soul of your business. And I, what I find is that we kind of, it's always in flux. We don't really pin it down. We don't, I don't believe most entrepreneurs spend enough time deep diving in what are we really here to do? And if we don't have that properly aligned, because I can see the gap when I look at people's content, there's a huge gap missing and they don't have this work done. And they're also what happens. And like, I, I also want to say like, my gosh, these amazing entrepreneurs are not expert marketers. How would they know to do it any differently is they all start sounding the same because I don't think an, I help statement, which is what you hear mostly that's handy to have in an elevator, but it's not going to make you stand out and be preferred and attract people to you the way a fully developed, you know, marketing, well, you use the word brand, but like a fully (laughs) developed brand, because a brand should even be bigger than you. It should stand for something bigger. Okay. So we need to coin some some terms here. And if we do, that's great. And if we don't, that's awesome too. So in, in working with a marketing strategy, what kind of elements does somebody need to have? Yes. We need to have kind of who our target market is, but what kind of elements of us are you trying to pull out? I, I really, I always start with purpose because purpose is my North, excuse me, my North star. And what that means is first of all, on social media, it requires us to be pretty vulnerable, show up with our face everywhere. I really struggled with that three years ago when I got into social media, I wasn't on social media before. And I almost didn't do this because I didn't want to do the damn videos. (laughs) And so um, I was like, I don't want to do those. I don't want to, you know, it's okay if I cuss, sorry. Um, But yeah, I didn't want to do it. And so if we anchor into what our purpose is, well, my purpose is to, I really want to, you know, empower women to own their own voice, to be everything that they dream of being and more like I can do that with this work. And so if I think about that, how can I not get out there and do what I'm here to do? And so if we can anchor into that, like we'll do crazy stuff, like be on video on social media, we'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. If we know our purpose is bigger than us. So I start everyone with that. Like, let's lock in on why we're even doing this besides making money. Let's start there first. It's to make an impact of some kind. I mean, I attract people that they want to make a difference. And so if we anchor into that, it, and you know, the biggest takeaways uh, my clients will say is I realize it's not about me. And as soon as I realized that I became unstoppable. And so I want them to have that feeling. 
Love it. So when somebody's developing their purpose, and you kind of touched on this, but are you looking for something that it's about me and what I'm bringing out into the world? Or is that the, the that statement of the impact of what's it's the happening impact. to the world? It's the okay. impact. And, and, and this is where we can have our own personal whys. Like maybe yeah. you really want to do something special in your family or be like, those are very personal, mm-hmm. but as a marketer, everything we're putting out in the world is for the person receiving it. Everything. That doesn't mean we lose ourselves in that. No, we actually get to really fully bring ourselves in that. So the purpose, the way I direct that is I really liken it to what gift do you want to give the world? And that sounds audacious, but at the end of the day, that's what you're doing with your work. And if you can really see it and know it is, it really does light you up. It's hard not to. So you realize I'm not just, you know, doing this little coaching thing. You know, I have a lot of creatives or like this piece of artwork, like you are making a difference in the world. It's a lot different than I got to get out there and hawk my stuff, you know? So, yeah. Nice. I love it. Well, and I, and I can't help, but kind of correlate in my brain, the gorgeous artwork you have behind you right now, for those of you who can't see it on uh, in the video is it's what appears to be hand painted wallpaper. It's a tapestry. It's gorgeous. It's hand done. I live in Mexico. It's a tapestry made in Chiapas. They're famous for them. And it's huge. It's like, it's like five the wall. It's huge. It's a whole wall. It can go all wow. the way up. It's huge. Yeah. It's incredible, but it's tiny little stitches. The whole wow. thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and, and I got to think that artist um, that created that, you know, as they're going through this, are they thinking of kind of what's coming out of me and, and how do I portray, you know, maybe Mexico to the world, or is it about, Hey, who's going to, be buying this and putting it up well, on the wall behind them. And then how do you take that to that whole marketing strategy? Yeah. Thing? Well, I think this is different because this is very traditional folk Mexican art and it's very yeah. culturally based. It's gorgeous. And I think it's a little different than the, the, the artists I typically work with. This is yeah. beautiful. It's very much a part of their culture. There's yeah. probably an entire village in Chiapas. That's all what they, that's all they do in this one village in the mountains, because they do that. And these Mexican villages, they will have a specialty and it's passed down and it's passed down. And it's, it's a part of their heritage. I think that's different. They all tell stories, right? Yeah. Well, the artists I I work with tend to be, uh, you know, they, they more, I would say more of a Western mindset, not that they don't, but I'm going to take that out of a different category. Yeah. And some of them are, you know, painters. I have a lot of painters. I have a lot of coaches. I have a lot of service providers. Here's what's kind of unique is I treat them all like service providers because I say, even this artist behind me who I've never met, right. (laughs) They're, they're making an impact. Like this makes me feel amazing every day to see this kind of beauty around me, but they're, we're we're making an impact with the work we're here to do. So Mm -hmm. on social media, like Mm -hmm. if I were to know this artist and say, Hey, what if you brought this to a bigger audience? Right. I would want to know about their story and their culture and what that means to them. And can you share that? And I'm sure it's very family-based, which is beautiful. So the story would develop. Okay. Uh, But the same thing with an artist with their why Mm -hmm. is, you know, we have an artist that uh, came into our program and she loves nature. Well, a lot of artists love nature. And then she got really 
you know, just, we kept kind of digging in on this purpose. And she was like, you know, it's really about the trees for me. Um, and she lives on Orcas Island up in the Northwest and she goes on these walks and actually was able to go and visit where she lives. It's insane. There's waterfalls, you know, this old growth forest, beautiful. And she, she literally now in her content says, I am tree. You have to see her content, be more tree. And this is an artist. She's phenomenal. She isn't a high-end gallery in Seattle, but she wasn't creating. She wasn't selling any art. And that first year she sold over $200,000. It's really insane for an artist. Yeah. She sold out two shows and she just got so fueled with what she's here to do. And now every painting that you buy from her, um, 50 trees are planted. Nice. She's so in line. Like it's the full brand, right? The full, like she's making an impact. And, and that typically happens, not that it, you have to work with a nonprofit, but there's always some connection to what I'm putting out in the world has meaning mm-hmm. and it's bigger than me. It's big enough that I can get out on social media and really, you know, share this because it's, it's needed. Nice. I yeah. love it because I think too, it's easy for somebody to, to lose the impact of the word impact, um, yeah. in that it all, it almost becomes too much for them to kind of break down. So it, it's yeah. either overwhelming or underwhelming and they've got to be able to find that, that middle ground of, you know, it either makes you smile or makes you cry or makes you, you know, brings out that enthusiasm. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think it's a couple things. I think for artists, it's necessary for their work to have a purpose to really resonate on social media. I really do. I think for service providers like coaches or business owners, or, you know, we have everything from coaches to yoga apparel to brick and mortar stores, having that purpose can open up. Um, and I have all these nerdy stats on the, uh, there's a, a, a huge study done on purpose-driven brands mm-hmm. and purpose-driven brands actually make more money, like nice. four to five times more. Wow. If, if your audience is aware of your purpose, mm-hmm. I mean, you can even look at, I was talking about this week in a workshop I ran, um, look at Rihanna. Everyone's talking about Rihanna right now. And she's amazing. You know, she's a powerful black, you know, CEO billionaire, but let's look at her brand. Her brand is incredibly purpose-driven. I mean, she came up with a genius idea. Like there is not enough representation for all skin colors with makeup. And so she wanted, I mean, her statement was really wanting everyone to feel like they belong. Nice. I mean, that's, that's so purpose-driven. So of course she's killing it with Fenty and Fenty Savage and all that, but it's all based on, you know, look at what she's done and what she stood up for with black lives matter and her brand. It's very purpose-driven. So purpose-driven brands make four to five times more money. People trust them at least four times more and four and a half times. Um, people will recommend them to friends and family four and a half times more than brands that are not purpose-driven. So purpose matters. And I think it also helps us get out of our own way on, I don't want to like getting out there and making a sale or a, you know, there, a lot of people are hung up about selling. And yet if we can flip that script and I know a common one in the coaching industry is well, selling is serving, but let's, let's, let's go even deeper. It's actually making a difference in the world. How can you not do this? Right. It changes it. 
I love yeah. it. So what are some of the aspects of purpose that people should be looking for and find theirs? Well, I think you have to start with, um, I think, first of all, it's an organic process. It's not like you sit down. Most people can't just sit down in one sitting and go, here's my purpose. <laughs> Some people can't. I knew what mine was right away. It just depends if you're in touch with it. Some people aren't and that's okay. But I think you have to start with, I like to challenge people to think like, if you were to lead a movement, what would it be? Be audacious and crazy and like go, why a movement? What is she talking about? I'm like, yeah, like a movement. Like we're all going to rally around this movement. What would it be? It could be the, you know, like live life fully movement. I don't know. What is it? But I think you can start asking yourself questions and, and then really look, what are you passionate about? Like really passionate. Like if you could imagine that the work you do is some kind of gift that you're giving someone, what transformation do you hope that hope happens with that? Right. And, and I say, go big, like, what is, what different? Cause you are making a difference. Mm -hmm. And when you get in touch with that, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful what it can even do with yourself. And it comes through in your content. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go to, well, let's say, what is your favorite part of your business? Let's start with that one. My favorite part of my business is, um, I have a natural ability to spotlight what's really unique about someone's business and therefore how to pull that into a brand. Nice. Position it. And I, I would think that that comes from that. the years of looking at storyboards and going, okay, what in this is important? Oh yeah. <laughs> years and years of creating marketing content, brainstorming. Um, I've started six different businesses, um, several, you know, multiple six, one, seven figures. So I've also bottomed out big time. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been up and down and all around, and I think all of that plays into, um, I can just, I just, I think that's how I'm wired. I see things that's, that's not always a good thing. Ask my husband. I see everything where we live like, honey, you know, that thing needs to get fixed. I, I see it. <laughs> so I can just spotlight things very, very easily. I see the patterns and I see what stands out very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. Cause most people think that thing, that's not a big deal. I'm like, oh, that's your gold mine right there. <laughs> it's really fun to be able to do that and that to help people see it. Right. And I would suspect that most of the time it's going to be the, the thing that they're overlooking. Oh, it's the thing that comes really easily. Most often like <laughs> this can't be it. This is like a, not, not a big deal thing. I'm like, that's everything. And, oh. and, and I always get that like, really? It's like, and that's really common. Like someone had to tell me a couple of times, like you do this thing where you like highlight spotlight, you're like a lighthouse. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I ended up like naming my system. Okay. I'm a lighthouse system. I live in a cove with a lighthouse. Like I don't, make I know it's really fun, but I had to finally realize like, that's something that just, it comes so easy. It just seems like anyone can do it. And then you realize, no, they can't. So is it really that thing that your spouse finds annoying? <laughs> yeah. Ask him. That might be the one. I know. That, yeah. Yeah. Ask your spouse. What does he find annoying about you? What that I might be your X factor. <laughs> that's hilarious. You just wrote my next post. <laughs> nice. I love it. Uh -huh. funny. It could very so, well be. It's funny. That is. So when it's because we went over the the I want people to be able to understand that it's not when they're doing the branding, it's not about kind of the comparison analysis of 
what you're doing with other people. It's not necessarily TMI going on stage and, you know, showing, you know, everything that there is about you, but really to understand that it's, it's about the personality that makes you, you. And more often than not, it's that we look in the mirror and we see one thing, but everybody else looks at us and they see something completely different. And I don't think people realize that it's kind of that same thing in business of um, what they bring to the table. I would say when a company gets kind of too big and they're not, it's not about them anymore. Does Mm -hmm. that personality and that um, strategy still apply or? I do. I think it applies to, you know, it applies to a, a, a personal brand. And I, I believe it applies to a major corporation. Um, a major corporation is trying to humanize their brand. I mean, that's, they're trying to, right. Right. I think it's, I think we have it easy. We're a real person. Like the corporations have it, you know, and there's like several people at the table trying to decide what this brand personality is. Right. Um, but the more that they're human, they're humanized and relatable and, um, consistently that brand, like they're the famous brands, of course, like Apple's always at the top of the list, you know, think different. I mean, we, we just know, like we have an expectation of what their ads are going to look like. They're very consistent. They're very clean. They're very, you know, uh, you know, Steve jobs, original mission statement was he wanted to empower mankind didn't right. say one word about computers. <laughs> well, so, and I think that's a really good one for the branding side of things because his, the, the commercial that kind of encapsulates that was when he said, there's us, you know, the thinkers of the world, the creatives, and then there's them, IBM men, yeah. and, and separated it from the suit, the techie, the, the one that mm-hmm. it is all about the computer side of things. And I kind of find it funny that that uh, rivalry is still going on to this day. Yeah. Um, they're the only two players in, but there's still very much those two personalities and it, it's not necessarily Steve Jobs personality so much as it is his audience's personality and who they're attracting. So yeah. does that kind of come into play when we're trying to figure out what our own personal, um, marketing oh, I strategy? Think absolutely. I think they're the same foundational steps. And, you know, someone has asked me as a personal brand, like, is my personal brand, does it have to be the same as me? And it has to be genuine. I mean, really, but there are some brands that are a little bit bigger than they are as a real person, because you see a lot of introverts with brands like that. You can choose that you get to choose, you know, um, this is another quote that I think is really genius is, um, it's, it's Jeff Bezos said, you know, brand is what people say when you leave the room do you actually have a say in it though? And that's kind of cool. Like I'm a control freak. I like having a say in things. <laughs> what people say when I leave the room, like you, but if you're consistent and you're consistently delivering on brand and yeah, look and feel comes into it. That's the icing on the cake though. Like your, your message. What are, what do you stand for? What are you here for? What's unique and different about you? Why you versus the other brand? I don't think that question gets asked enough. And that's mm-hmm. why we have so many people in hustle mode because people can't differentiate. Why should I work with you versus this person? You guys do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not showcasing why. Right. I yeah. love it. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of a client that you've been working with. You gave us the artist one, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, sure. I have lots of Cinderella stories. I'm trying to think of which nice. one to tell. I have a Cinderella story. Uh, I'll tell Annette. Um, Annette. 
came to work with us. We have a program called House of Impact. She came, uh, joined us, joined with us and come to find out she's had this yoga apparel brand for like 28 years. And then one day she goes, you know, I was the very first yoga brand. Like I was before Prana before all of them. I'm like, what? I'm like, have you ever like owned that? She's like, no, not really. I'm like, yeah, I think you might want to own that one. And so, you know, we kind of worked and did some stuff and, um, she'd been in business a long time. She's worked with some big players, you know, like some big, uh, yoga brands like Kripalu, you know, order her shirts and stuff, you know, Canyon branch and stuff like that. And so anyway, um, she has told me this week and she has a multi six figure business. She has doubled her business has doubled in two years. Her net profit nice. has doubled. Yeah. And so she's just really fully owning it and doing things. And it's, it's bigger than that because when all these things happen, you know, cause I mean, I haven't talked about this mindset's a part of this process, by the way, like we have to really, you know, be looking into what's possible because bigger things will happen. Um, but she's finally hiring team. She's finally having other people come on and, 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 you know, selling direct to consumers for the first time. She sent me mm -hmm. a sheet yesterday. Like, I don't know how long it was like the whole screen of orders mm -hmm. she goes, this is from an email, Debbie. I'm like, I know it's amazing. Right. She's like, I just can't even, I don't even know what to say. Like we send an email out and we make money. I'm like, I know it's pretty awesome. So that's a nice. really cool Cinderella story. Um, because she had lost a lot of business during the pandemic and she is, she is now, she's like, my goal is seven figures. I'm like, you got it. It's right around the corner. And she's nice. never even been close to that in 28 years. So oh. it's really cool to see it, but to see her, as she say, I really, feel fully, like, I feel like I'm fully stepped into my brand now and it's all about being held uh -huh. and seen. And that's her whole origin story of how she started the, the business. Um, she healed herself through yoga and then was in the apparel industry and then started a yoga brand. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So other than having a business for 28 years and it's stagnating, <laughs> what are yeah. some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now thinking, oh my God, Debbie, I need your help so badly. Oh gosh. Well, I hear the most frequent that I hear is, um, they're struggling with social media. They're not getting traction. Um, it's not converting and they're having to really hustle to get sales. You know, they're having to just like, or they're not getting the sales that they should be at all, but mostly, you know, there's a gap. Like I, I just talked to someone today, uh, yesterday and I looked at her Instagram and I'm like, I know why you're not converting. <laughs> Cause they, you can't see the gap. I see the gap everywhere. There's, you know, I'm looking at the content. There's no, no value in the three to five second scroll zero. And she, she's not even sure exactly who her target audience is. So it's like, you know, they're struggling. They don't know why they don't stand out. They're trying all the things they might have 3000 posts and they're not converting and they haven't done this foundational work. That's why. Absolutely. Nice. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Well, I have a free gift that I'd love to Yay. send them to. We and love free gifts. It's a free gift. It's a really good one. Um, nice. so yeah, it's, uh, you just go to frankly, Deb, like frankly, my dear, like frankly, Deb, and that's <laughs> my Instagram handle, frankly, Deb gifts or gift. It's singular. I'm going to screw that up. Frankly, Deb Marvelous. And, uh, I'm going to work, you, show you there's three most common obstacles that get in your way with marketing and how to solve them. 
Ooh, nice. So, yeah, it's a really good one. Love it. So peeps, of course, Deb's links will be in the show notes. Scroll down. You can pop over there while you continue to listen to the conversation and go and start that right away. So Deb, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, since I was really young. <laughs> Don't pay else. I've How'd always you know? known that I was going to have my own business. It was never even in any doubt. Um, it's just a matter of what. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's always been a part of me. I've always looked at it. Like I'm going to have my own business and, uh, you know, I had a, I had a rude awakening. I mean, this is a side story, but it's probably feeds into why I'm so passionate about supporting women. Um, I had a big ad agency job in Seattle, the biggest ad agency in the nineties, working on the big Starbucks, you know, unveiling all this stuff. I was young and I was like writing their first TV commercial and all the things. And I got pregnant. And, uh, it was really nutty, but I got fired and I got fired for being pregnant. And I won that case in the EEOC <laughs> with the EEOC and I have never worked for another company again. Good for you. Never. <laughs> and that was 30 yeah. years ago. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. So no. I don't know if that answers your question, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, I was do, it does explain the, the little bittersweet conversation Thirty years tone ago I was getting I out of it. Like I'm fascinated with that. And you're not. So, uh, something's yeah, going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was pretty much like, I will be my own boss from now on. Thank you. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I started. <laughs> I love it. So in your entrepreneurial journey, have you ever had any blooper moments that oh, you can of share course. with us? So many, I have so many, I mean, which one do you want? I've seen some of the good ones. <laughs> um, this is one, I mean, it's really silly, but this is one I share. So a lot of people I work with, when I start work with working with them, um, they'll say, I hate video and I don't want to do the video. And that was me too. I didn't want to do this because of video. I didn't want to be in online anything because of the video, you know? And then I said, okay, well, you know, I got over that. You can too. And then I shared the story where, um, the first online workshop I ever did, I actually had like a hundred something people. It was crazy. It was during the pandemic. No one had anything to do, uh, show up online. And, um, I'm a little superstitious. So I had this like favorite silk, really nice red silk shirt I wanted to wear. And I'm so freaking nervous that I'm sweating. Like, you know, the armpits show on silk. Like you don't yeah. wear silk if you're going to sweat stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm wearing the shirt. So I got some dish rags out of the kitchen and shoved them in my bra. It was kind of blousey, you know, so yeah. I couldn't see the dish rags. And I did the whole like 90 minute, you know, live thing with the dish rags on. No one knew. And then the next time I had a workshop was like two months later. And, you know, I told my team about it. They were like cracking up. And then I, I, I said, well, I'm still going to wear the lucky shirt, but I think I'm going to like tone it down and just do maxi pads this time. So I, I stuck maxi pads onto my bra and did the whole thing. Third time I do a workshop. There's still hundreds of people showing up to these. Cause like the pandemic. Right. And, um, I told my team, okay, you're gonna be so proud of me. I'm like, yes, I'm wearing the lucky shirt and I'm graduated to mini pads. So I share that because I now know, don't wear anything under my armpits and I don't wear silk shirts, but, um, there's just, you just got to get out there and figure it out. Like right. you're going to be scared, do it anyway, stick dish rags under your armpit. So that's my, yeah. And that's then I tell cool. everyone that story. <laughs> right. And I was going to say, there's got to be some good TikTok footage. 
<laughs> I mean, I should, I mean, that just needs to be a tick. That's literally how I right? started. How do you overcome this fear? Uh, this, like, what can you shove under your arms that collects sweat? You know, right. Might not want to do a live in person on stage, but you know, yeah, it's probably they not stick. the best thing to wear. I was just, I really liked the shirt, <laughs> the famous red silk shirt. So awesome. Oh yeah. You are absolutely awesome. Thank you. Any last words for our peeps? Just, you know, don't do this alone. Um, come get that guide. I'm going to walk you through some, some mistakes that almost everybody makes. And, uh, I just don't think we're supposed to do the journey alone, you know, find a mentor, learn how to do it, you know, faster, easier, simpler. Um, cause I don't think we're supposed to do this stuff on our own. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.